This is CliffCentral.com. Please note that the views expressed and the advice provided in this show are for general advice and entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated should be treated as a substitute for your own independent legal advice based on your own specific facts and objectives. Therefore, the presenter and CliffCentral.com accept no liability of any nature whatsoever, either expressed or implied. Law. Like you've never heard it before. The Laws of Life with Gary Hertzberg on CliffCentral.com. Presenting the Attorney's Fidelity Fund and the Attorney's Insurance Indemnity Fund on CliffCentral.com. Your champions in the legal profession. Sangonani, I'm Gary Hertzberg, and this is the Laws of Life on CliffCentral.com. Alongside me today, Lionel Makokotlela. Welcome, Lions. Welcome, Gary, and welcome to our podcasters. Cool. Uh, as we know, attorneys are vulnerable to claims by their own clients or third parties in some instances, and uh, these come about because of errors or omissions made by the attorney. And uh, claims are in reality on the increase, not only in South Africa, but also internationally like the United Kingdom. So it doesn't matter whether you're a candidate attorney or you're an associate in a firm or a single practitioner or a director in one of the big, large law firms. Every one of us attorneys or prospective attorneys is always vulnerable. With us in studio today is Joseph Kunene, his claims executive of the Attorney's Insurance Indemnity Fund. Very warm welcome to you, Joseph. Good afternoon, Gary, and good afternoon to your listeners. Excellent. Let's uh, shoot the breeze and ask you, first of all, what cover is provided by the Attorney Insurance Indemnity Fund to attorneys? Thank you. Gary, the Attorney's Insurance Indemnity Fund provides cover or indemnifies an insured attorney for professional legal liability to pay compensation to any third party, which arises from the provision by that insured attorney of legal services. But the claim must have been made against that attorney in the year in which the cover applies. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Let's take a practical example, if I may, Joseph. If my attorney has failed to carry out my instructions and uh, can we say or maybe has been negligent and as a result I've suffered a loss, who do I approach as a member of the public? I would recommend, Gary, that as a member of the public you approach another lawyer who is going to give you an independent legal advice and uh, will provide you with some expertise. But having said that, the policy provides that it's only the insured attorney who can approach the attorney's insurance indemnity fund to ask for indemnity. Therefore, as a member of the public who has suffered a loss because of the conduct of the attorney, you would then have to lodge a claim against that attorney. Mm -hmm. You can do that in various ways. Maybe you can send a letter of demand to that attorney or you can approach court and issue a summons against that attorney. The attorney would in turn then approach the attorney's insurance indemnity fund to request cover. Cool. Now, within, we know there's a brother-sister to 
organizations. The one is the Attorney's Fidelity Fund. The other is the Attorney's Insurance Indemnity Fund. Maybe you can just, there's often confusion in the minds of the public. What is the difference between these two? Thank you. Yes, the Attorney's Fidelity Fund is the mother company which kind of owns the Attorney's Insurance Indemnity Fund. I know that uh, the chief executive of the Attorney's Fidelity Fund and the managing director of the Attorney's Fidelity Fund will expand on this question at a later stage. But the difference in plain language is that the Attorney's Fidelity Fund provides cover to the public where an attorney has stolen the trust funds. Mm. So it covers theft. Whereas the Attorney's Insurance Indemnity Fund would cover the attorney who has had the misfortune of messing up an instruction of a client where the client has suffered a loss. That's where a client has gone to an attorney for legal services. Maybe you can expound on that. What is the definition of what are legal services? Legal services in terms of the definition in the policy, Gary, would be work that has been reasonably been done or advice given by an attorney in the ordinary course of carrying out the business of an attorney or a legal practice in South Africa, I must stress. Mm. So any work that is customarily done by an attorney in taking the interests of his client forward and it is work that is generally reserved to be dealt with by or done by attorneys, that would be covered in terms of our policy. Mm -hmm. But we do not cover work which is done by applying laws which apply to jurisdictions outside of South Africa, unless the attorney who is giving that advice on law outside, which applies outside of South Africa is admitted to practice as such in that jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. Joseph, maybe you can uh, highlight some of the most important activities that would be excluded from cover. Gary, the policy provides for a whole list of exclusions or activities which would be excluded from cover. I will just highlight a few, Uh, one of which would be what we call trading losses. This is where a claim against the attorney is for the refund of fees that the attorney would have uh, received from the client as a result of the client not being satisfied with the work that the attorney has provided. That is one of them. The other one would be, which is very important and topical at this point, the cybercrime exclusion. The cybercrime exclusion is as a result of the scams or email scams that are taking place currently in the conveyancing uh, 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 field at this point, where money is diverted from the account of the of the of the seller or one of the parties to the transaction and is paid into the account of the scammers that is excluded in terms of our policy we are also excluding for instance uh, fines or penalties or punitive or exemplary damages that an attorney has got to, 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 to pay as a result of having been found guilty, for instance, by a law society or a, um, a, a body that has got authority over the attorneys. We are also excluding 
what we call bridging finance. That is where a conveyancer, for instance, on behalf of a client would go to a bridging finance house and obtain a loan in order to, for instance, pay commission to the to the estate agent before the transaction has been finalized. What we do cover there, though, is money that is borrowed or lent to the client by a bridging finance house, which would enable the transaction to be effected. For instance, transfer duty payment, payment for the clearance certificate and, and such things. I guess a large <clears throat> percentage, and I, I really am guessing here, of claims that are lodged would be against attorneys who have prescribed claims. Uh, road accident claims, or is that not so? That is correct, yes. Is it, the bulk yeah. of our claims would emanate from the prescribed MVA claims. What, so that I understand it, what would the reason be why an attorney would allow a claim to be prescribed? Is it he's just pure negligence or some of these lawyers unfamiliar with the law? Or what, what actually is – or wouldn't you know that? Uh, there are different reasons why that would happen. Uh, the biggest of them all f- probably would be the incorrect use of a diary system mm. or, for instance, the incorrect application of the law itself where y- the, the, the person dealing with the claim does not calculate the period properly. Correctly, correctly yes. yes. So, but uh, it is basically more like the, the, the file getting lost in the system and not coming out uh, or, for instance, the documentation not being able to be collected and collated timelessly for a proper and substantive lodgement with the RAF. There are so many reasons why that would happen. We are trying to get the word out to the public that if your lawyer does uh, cause you a loss, that this is available to you, um, which is very important. Um, there may be members of the public that may not know that they do have the right to claim from the attorney and it is backed by the insurance company to an extent, his claim. So it's very important that we get this message out. And that's why we have agreed between ourselves to bring this to the attention of the public. Yeah, excellent. Just the last question. I know, Lyons, you want to ask a question. No, certainly, Gary. Uh, Just the question is basically, whom do we contact if we need assistance regarding a claim? Well, yes, there are two people at this point that I would recommend be contacted by attorneys in the event that they have got a claim against them. That is myself, I'm Joseph Gunene, and you can get hold of me at 012-622-3917 or you can email me at ctembi.gunene at awif.co.za or my colleague Zelda Olifir, who is our claims manager, who can be contacted at 012-622-3932 or on email zelda.olifir at awif.co.za. Many thanks for making your way to our Ravonia studios from, where are you in, Centurion or Pretoria? Centurion. Centurion. We've been talking to Joseph Kunene. He's uh, with the Attorney's Insurance Indemnity Fund. You're a claims executive. Before we let you go, is there anything you'd like to add? Before we say totsins. Thank you very much for the opportunity to spread the message. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lions, to our listeners. Many thanks. Pleasure. This is Cliffcentral.com.